Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural episode of Food, Fire, and Metal. I am your host, Chef Adam Berberia. That was Chef, not Jeff. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, so welcome to this brand spanking new podcast. I am super excited to be here. You have no idea. I'm so thrilled. Um, I have been thinking about doing a podcast for quite some time, and I just never got around to it because I was so unsure, so unsure of myself of what should I talk about? What am I going to fill minutes or hours of time for people with what information? What am I going to talk about? So um, I decided to lean towards my passion, and that is being a chef and being a member of the wonderful, amazing family that is the food and beverage industry or as some people lovingly call it, the service industry. I personally hate it being called the service industry because, yes, we do serve, but I much prefer it by its formal name, the food and beverage industry. So a little background about me. I have been in the industry now since I was 13 years old, so about 23 years. Yes, very, very long time. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so... I have been primarily a chef, but I've also done just about every single job you can think of in the food and beverage industry, minus the bartender. The bartending thing, just one thing I never got the hang of. It's one niche that I just wasn't able to accomplish. I just don't have the, what do you call it, the dexterity to for the bottles, you know, for the pouring and everything. And it was just, it was a lot. So that's managing a bar, yes. I have managed beverage costs and things like that. but. Being an actual bartender, absolutely not. <laughs> so um, now I have taken over this last year a step out of the kitchen, and now I'm in a whole new sector of the food and beverage industry, which is really amazing. And this sector is food and beverage staffing, and it's so much fun. I, I get a real kick out of doing this every day. Um, I work now for a company called Chef on the Fly LLC, and we are a premier chef staffing service. We provide private chefs, personal chefs, chefs for events, chefs to fill in staffing gaps for contracted amounts of time, and it's just a unique thing because other, other uh, companies provide culinary talent you know, or cooks, but... They do them as like W-2 employees. We provide them as tenant and contractors, which is unique in the fact that we can offer a better pay rate and they have some independence over their money and over what they want to do. So, you know, it's not just here, take this assignment. It is now, do you want this assignment, et cetera. So my experience is very broad in the food and beverage industry. I've covered just about every aspect. And the reason I created this podcast was because I myself, along with other members of this industry that have worked with me or work with me currently, have noticed a severe issue in the food and beverage industry. And it's something that really needs to be addressed. And that's why... The company I work for, Chef on the Fly, was created, was to kind of aid the industry and heal it. It took a big, huge hit after COVID. Our next episode after this one is going to be actually covering that labor crisis that we are currently suffering from. I refuse to call it a labor shortage because it's not. It's a labor crisis. 
but there has been a huge issue with the industry, and that is things like lack of passion, lack of drive, lack of want to be involved. And it is such a beautiful industry to be a part of. It is. It does take its toll mentally, physically, but it's so worth it. I created this podcast because there's a huge, there's a huge misconception from those that are not involved or never have been involved in this industry. Let's talk about that. That's going to be our first topic of discussion, and that is perception of the industry. If you are some of my listeners who have never been in the food and beverage industry before, which I actually really hope that a good chunk of my listeners, if not the majority, are people that have never worked in the food and beverage industry, because that's really what this show is for. It's for you to get a better understanding and to be, dare I say, educated on the industry and what the realities are. But it's also a platform to be a voice. It's a voice for the people. The people being those members of this amazing industry, those hardworking people that sacrifice family time, personal time, just sacrifice so much to provide you an amazing experience. So let's look at common perceptions. So you are an everyday person. You've never worked in a restaurant or a hotel or anything such as before. You decide to go out to eat. What are your expectations when you walk in the door? You are expecting to be pampered. You are expecting to be taken care of. You are expecting to have an amazing money's worth experience. That's what you are expecting. You're expecting to sit down at that table and the server is going to be absolutely amazing. You are going to be treated like royalty, like a king. The food is going to be exceptional and everything's going to be fantastic. Now, those are initial perceptions. Let's talk about versus the reality. The reality is not actually that far as you may think from the perception. So the reality is, yes, you are going to be treated well. You are going to be treated like a VIP. In my restaurants, everything, everybody is a VIP. I used to hate it when, you know, servers would come to me and be like, hey, chef, this table's a VIP. Let's make sure everything's amazing. And the manager, oh, yeah, chef, this table's a VIP. we got to take care of them. First of all, everybody's a VIP. They come into this restaurant, they're a VIP. Just because it's a special celebrity or special person. My team is going to make that food amazing every time for everybody. So there's nothing special we need to do for a celebrity or VIP. So everybody gets treated like a VIP and that should be the main rule of thumb in the entire industry. But yes, that is the perception and that is going to be the reality. You are going to be treated like a VIP. Now, quality of service. Quality of service, you know, that is something that is variable. (laughs) It really is. It's completely variable. It depends on the server. It depends on the style of restaurant. And that, let me kind of segue that into something very important I like to point out to people, and that is your expectations must meet the quality and caliber of dining establishment you're going to. Being a chef for over 20 years has ruined going out to eat for me because I criticize the hell out of everything because I'm such an anal retentive perfectionist, and I, I notice everything. My ADHD goes wild and I can tell you 10 things that are wrong with the restaurant within five minutes of walking through the door. I know how to set my expectations based upon the caliber of location I'm going to. So if you are going to Danny's, for example, or any type of diner, please do not expect five star, five white glove service because it's not going to happen. You're at a diner. You're going to get treated like an everyday average Joe. The food's going to be subpar. 
delicious, greasy, and wonderful and filling, but subpar. It's not going to be out of this world. Your service is not going to be out of this world. Please lower your expectations when you go somewhere like Denny's or even lower fast food. Fast food employees are, I always include them in the food and beverage industry because they are. Fast food is a part of the food and beverage industry, and they are some of the hardest working people in this industry. The amount of crap that they deal with on a daily basis is staggering and mind-blowing. So when I go to like a McDonald's or a Taco Bell or any other type of fast food joint, I'm do I want them to be happy? With their job, do I want them to provide good customer service like they did, God forbid, back in the 50s and 60s? I do, yes, but is it going to happen? No, and I don't expect it anymore. I expect to go to the counter, place my order with a moody 20-something, maybe upper teenager-ish age, and I expect to get my food in a reasonable amount of time. I expect the food to be subpar or whatever the quality that that established sets it at. I expect to eat my food and leave or take my food to go. I don't expect the red carpet treatment. Now, if I'm going to a restaurant or establishment that is a, I call them the braggers. If they are going to brag on their Facebook page and brag on their Instagram and brag on their website that they are this amazing establishment and that they have the best this or the best that, well then yes, I will have the expectation and the conception as a diner that establishment provides me exactly what they're saying they're going to provide me. For example, there was this restaurant I went to that boasted that it had this most amazing seafood, and I love seafood. Um, so we went, and it was terrible. The food was awful. The service was terrible. The restaurant itself was just a terrible ambiance. So for those restaurant owners out there, be careful what you brag about. Make sure that your reality matches general reality. Now, as far as the diners, let me, I kind of went off on a tangent. I unfortunately am ADHD, so I do go off on tangents a lot when I speak about things. Let's go back to common misconceptions. Now, let's go back to that table. You've sat down, you have this expectation that you're going to be treated like royalty. You've sat down, and now the show starts. Now it's time for the server to come get your drink order, get your appetizer order, take your food order, put it in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You expect to get your food relatively quickly depending on what you order. Now, unfortunately, there are some people who, God forbid, order a well-done filet mignon. I don't know what's wrong with you people, but you ordered a well-done filet mignon. It's just a travesty of beef. Anyway, you're expecting to get that well-done filet mignon in 10 to 12 minutes. Ain't gonna happen, sorry. 20 minutes. 20 minutes for any well-done steak is a general rule of thumb for any restaurant. For all of you diners out there who've never worked in the kitchen, take that with you every place you go that sells steaks. 20 minutes for a well-done steak. Keep that in the back of your mind because that's what it's going to be. That's the reality versus the conception. So they think now you're sitting down and your common misconception is that everything is a Leave it to Beaver episode. Everything is so perfect and shiny and fabulous behind those doors. You are missing the reality. And the reality is every restaurant, doesn't matter what the caliber is, when it's a busy night, even when it's not a busy night, it is chaos, always chaos. Now it is controlled chaos, it is organized chaos, and it is symphonic chaos. And I'll get to symphonic later on in the show. It is not Opeachy Keen June and Ward Cleaver, it is not. There is cursing, there is yelling, there is dropping stuff, there is banging of pans, there is 
dishes shuffling. There is the dish machine going in the background. There's the ticket printer printing the tickets off. It's a chaotic environment that you have to love to be a part of. There's a lot, and there is going to be an episode later on down this first inaugural season talking about the journey from inception to the plate. And that is going to be talking about the journey of what all goes into that dish you're eating in front of you that you've ordered, what all it takes to put that on the plate to get it in front of you. Back to the misconception. Everyone has this general misconception that all restaurants run like a well-oiled machine no matter what. If that were the case, let's talk about the reality now. If that was the case, life would be fantastic for every chef and restaurant employee, but it is not the case. No restaurant, not even a restaurant owned by some of the famous chefs of the world run like a well-oiled machine. They try. Some of them run better than others, but they do not. So there will be mistakes. Things will happen. As much as we try to keep those mistakes from happening, they are going to happen. So you need to have that reality in your head that mistakes will happen. may not happen to you, but it may happen to you. So you just got to keep that in the back of your mind. You're waiting for your food. Your conception is, God, it sure is taking a long time, Jim. Well, here's the thing. The reality is when we think of time, one minute or two minutes can seem like an eternity when you're waiting. And let's touch on that because we do take that into consideration when running a restaurant. That's why we try to keep you engaged. That's why we try to keep your attention engaged because we are aware of that. You can be sitting there for a minute waiting for a drink and that minute will feel like, God, it's already been five, 10 minutes worth of drink when it hasn't. And the reality is it's only been one to two minutes, but that, that stretch of waiting. So that's why we train our servers always to engage the guests. We always, you know, to check on them routinely when they're waiting for something. And then of course to leave them alone once they have their food. Do the inaugural check. Hey, how is everything? Is everything delicious? Blah, 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 etc. And they say yes and you leave them alone. You keep an eye on their drinks, you keep the drinks filled and you leave them alone. You let them enjoy their meal. There's nothing worse than a server that constantly comes to the table every two minutes. Servers. If any servers are listening, do not do that. Do not hover like a vulture over your table because they will not enjoy their dining experience and you probably will get a lesser tip because of it. Those are some of the common misconceptions. I didn't touch on them all, and there are several. Um, but there is that general misconception that everything, everyone who's never worked in the restaurant industry before thinks, they always have that saying, Karens always have this saying, like, it's not that difficult. The reality is it is that difficult. Let me, let me give you a harsh reality check, everybody who's never worked in the restaurant before. It is the most difficult, grueling industry you can ever work in, period. That's not arguable, that's fact. Everyone who works in this industry sacrifices everything to be a part of it. Every cook, every chef sacrifices family time, time with their kids, every holiday. They sacrifice it all to provide a memorable, amazing dining experience for you, the guests, to enjoy. Because every cook that puts out food, their reputation is on that plate. Overall, it's the chef's reputation and name that's on that plate, but they're being guided by that chef, so they're an extension of that reputation. I always tell people when I run a kitchen that I'm the last line of defense at the expo line, and yes, that is my name on the plate, but it's also the reputation and skill of my cooks and my team that put that together. It's all part of being part of a team back there. And it's a family. The food and beverage industry is a family. 
I deal with 1099 chef contractors and they drive me absolutely nuts a majority of the time, but they all know that I love and will fight for every single one of them because it's a family. It's a frustrating industry. It's hot. It's aggressive. It's violent, but violent in a good way. Don't think I'm meaning violent like we're punching each other out back there. That only happens on TV, but it is rewarding because it's an industry built on passion and it's an industry built on dedication. So please don't ever be a Karen and tell a restaurant employee of any station, whether it's a server, dishwasher, busser, manager, cook, chef, don't ever tell anyone, well, it's not that difficult. I don't understand why it can't be such and such A, B, and C because you don't understand. That's why things happen. Mistakes happen. You need to put aside those misconceptions and accept the reality. The restaurant industry, the food and beverage industry is not perfect. Mistakes will happen. But keep in mind the appreciation of just how hard everyone behind those doors works. Servers bust their tail 12 to 15 hour shifts, putting on a smile as best they can. They could be going through the hardest life journey ever outside of work, but they come through that door, they clock in, they put on that apron, they screw on that smile, and they do their damn best to make sure that you have a welcoming, wonderful dining experience. Same with the cooks. Some cooks are there at the butt crack of dawn to do prep and get their stations ready, depending on what time the restaurant opens. The chef, the executive chef or sous chefs are there for 12 to 16 hours a day, six to seven days a week. And we're gonna discuss in another, a future, also a future episode about paycheck versus passion. Um, we're going to talk about the underpayment, but let's touch on that slightly now. And that is keep in mind non-industry employees that have never been in the industry before. They are some of the hardest working people on the planet and they do it for the least amount of money possible. This industry has been grossly underpaid. Chefs have been grossly underpaid for their talent and their skill because they have dedication. They have passion. And that's the one thing, that's the biggest misconception. Nobody understands the passion that goes into these establishments. Even Taco Bell and McDonald's had passion. They were, the, the original creators and owners had a passion. They had a desire to provide a specific something to the world. And they achieved it, they're successful. They make billions of dollars a year. It's all about passion and dedication. And the other thing you have to realize is that this industry is an art form. It is artistry. The things that chefs create, you guys watch, you know, the non-employees that are listening, you watch the stuff on Netflix and YouTube and all these different channels, all these chef shows and cooking shows. You think, oh my God, that's so amazing. But are you also watching the struggle they go through to create those dishes? Are you watching the behind the scenes? Are you watching what goes into that dish? That's why I love Hell's Kitchen so much because it's the one show I love to watch because it really does, even though yes, all reality shows are scripted, you can say they're not, but they are. But Hell's Kitchen at least gives the most, gives the closest reality to what it's like being a line cook in a fine dining establishment. Because that's really what they do when they go on the show. They're line cooks and trying to be a chef for Gordon Ramsay. And it's, you got to see those things. You can't look past them and see it as just entertainment. That's reality. That's what every cook and chef goes through on a daily basis is that kind of stress and anxiety. Um, one of the biggest dangers to the industry right now is the heavy, heavy use of narcotics and alcohol. That should tell you something, folks. That should tell you how stressful 
and how much anxiety being in this industry causes. There's so many chefs I know that have died due to overdoses or alcohol poisoning because they didn't have the help that they needed. And you really have to think about all that. When you, and now I'm not saying you have to think about that every time you go out to eat because you want to go out and enjoy yourself, but just keep that in the back of your mind. Just how hard those people in the uniforms and behind the doors are working for you, for you, not for themselves. They're doing it for you. The whole purpose of a dining establishment is for the guests. They get nothing out of it but a paycheck and the satisfaction that they're living their passion. They're doing what they love to do. So keep that in the back of your mind because it is, if you go and stand on a line, it's chaos. Like I said before, it's control chaos, but I like to think of it. Maybe it's because I've been a chef for so long. I think of it as a symphony. It truly is a symphony. You know, a chef coordinating the expo window, he or she is like an orchestra conductor and they are conducting a symphony of food, fire, and metal. So next time you go out to eat after listening to this episode, I want you to think really hard about the people that are serving you. And I want you, the next time you see a server, next time you see a cook, next time you see a busboy or a manager, just say thank you. It is one of the most thankless jobs to have is being in the industry. And so many people, you have no idea how much that would mean to a server if you told them, hey, I just want to say thank you. You were amazing, and I see how hard you work. I see you. I see you. Guarantee that server will probably go back in the back and start crying because we never get thanked. We get the hollow thank yous when we go as a chef, when we go out to the table, and people love the food. Like, oh, thank you. That was so amazing. You know, they, they mean it, but they don't mean it. You know what I mean? So just say thank you sometimes. And I really hope because the purpose of this show is to give you that appreciation and help you put aside those misconceptions and to allow you to realize I'm trying to shine the light on this industry to show people this is what these people go through on a daily basis. It is hard, hard work. I want you to thank you all for listening in today and tune in next week for the next episode. Um, I'm super excited about it. I'm actually super excited about the show altogether. I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't even care if the show gets thousands or millions of likes or follows but i do hope that people listen to it and i do hope it reaches the ears that it needs to reach and also that it acts as its secondary objective which is to be a voice for the industry people to give them a chance to voice their frustrations and voice their positive attributes uh to the industry and voice what it's done for them so if you're listening to this show and you are an industry employee i really want you to uh of course like and follow ha 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 and also to leave comments. I, I love comments, so leave the comments because I want to highlight your comments in future episodes. I want to I want to show that your voice can be heard. So I want you to tell me what you're going through in this industry. First homework assignment for you industry employees for your comment topic is what are some common misconceptions of friends or family of yours that have never been in the industry before that you find very humorous or even more so that you find troubling that they think that way about the industry? If they think that that is a reality in their head, let me know in the comments. I would love to showcase what you have to say. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, and have an amazing, amazing day.